This is Casey Hendrickson on News Talk 95.3 Michiana's News Channel, your breaking news and weather station. Hey, good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3 Michiana's News Channel. I'm your host, Casey Hendrickson. Do you want to thank R&B Car Company, locations in South Bend and Warsaw? R&B Car Company are your used car experts. So I've done my best to kind of explain a little bit about what's been happening with Reddit and what's been going on with GameStop and GameStop and AMC and some other stuff with the hedge fund battle that's happening, but stock market investing is really not my wheelhouse. So we brought in a professional. We have Breitbart News' finance and economics editor, John Carney, is joining us. John, how you doing? I'm doing great, and thanks for having me. Hey, we we're, we appreciate the time, one, because I, I'm just new to this stuff. I, I'm trying to read the articles as best as I can and kind of figure out what's going on, but... Um, you having a background at Wall Street, can you just explain to people what is actually happening? You've got basically what little investors versus hedge funds, kind of explain what the whole deal is. Sure. So it's centered around a company called GameStop. Probably a lot of people have seen these in shopping malls uh, all over America. They uh, sell video games. A lot of people, sophisticated financial people, decided that this company was going to go the way of Blockbuster. So, in other words, they were going to go broke. There was not going to be a GameStop. Uh, that it would have to shutter its stores, go out of business, because everybody would buy everything online, and there'd be no purpose in the stores. So the shares got down to like two dollars and eighty cents. Uh, well, some people, uh, retail investors mostly, um, some of which who gathered together on Reddit or YouTube channels, decided that there could be a great future for. Um, for GameStop. So one thing is, what if GameStop is a blockbuster, but what if it's Netflix? What if it's the place everybody signs up for because they want to play video games? What if that's what the big company becomes? Or there, you know, there's a whole, another idea was, what if instead of, you know, buying video games there and taking them home, it became a place where you hung out for a couple hours, like a movie theater, but instead of watching movies, you're playing video games. So there was a fundamental case for why the company wasn't going to go to buy the stock wasn't going to go to zero. People started betting out it going long. One of the things, though, is that this, so many hedge funds had shorted this company, meaning they bet that, it was go, that the price was going to go down, that it was the most shorted public company on American markets right now. And what that allowed the people who thought the price should go up to do is force the price up a little which then makes some of the short sellers have to sell because they turn out to be wrong, right? If you, if you shorted the stock at $5 and it goes to $25, you're out a lot of money. When you bet that a stock's going to go down, you actually, so normally if you buy, you buy a stock, you can only lose all the way down to zero. Your loss is limited at your investment. When you short a stock, the stock could go up to infinity in theory. And so there's no cap on your losses, so you have to be active and get out. And that's what we saw happen. They called a short squeeze. The, a lot of the funds that were short had to cover their shorts so that, you know, as the price kept climbing, they weren't exposed. And that a lot of the big broker dealers who also were selling options against this stuff had to cover those options because, again, the prices were going so high. Uh, and that's continued to happen. It's not just GameStop now. Uh, headphone maker costs uh, is up. I think 2,000% in the last three weeks. Uh, AMC, the movie theater company, is up a tremendous amount. 
uh, it was a you know $2 stock, and now it's a $12 stock. GameStop is a $300 and something dollar stock. So you're going to hear people describe it as, you know, like a speculative frenzy, and there is a little bit of that going on. But a lot of it was just a disagreement. Is this company, GameStop and a few others, are they going down or could they be turned around? It's, you know, the big guys on Wall Street thought they were going down. They had no future. And some of the little guys said they did. And at least this week, the little guys won. You know, and what's interesting is that there's been a lot of rumors about what GameStop is going to morph into. And so theoretically, these smaller investors, they're on to information that's well known in the gaming community that GameStop might be converting to an online type of business or to a cyber cafe type business. So I mean, there's right. been that's been out there for a long time. So really, that's that's actually taking information that's in the public space. So where does the allegations that this is a pump and dump scheme kind of come in? I think that that's pretty much nonsense. The guys okay. who, some of the most prominent people who actually have been the pumpers of the stock are publicly posting their E-Trade accounts. Remember, these aren't, you know, these are guys with E-Trade accounts or, or Robinhood accounts. They're publicly posting screenshots to show that they're not dumping a thing. They believe this stock is worth even more than it is now. I would, you know, if I was, I, I don't give out personal financial advice if I did, it probably would be when you make 3,000% gain on a stock and, you know, take some money off the table. But, um, yeah. but these guys are not pump and dumpers. Um, they are, they're, they're more like pump and stickers, okay? They, they're sticking with this trade. As you said, there are, there's publicly available information. This wasn't, as you, you know, it's not secret. There are things that people believe GameStop can do to increase its value. And these guys are betting that those will happen. And frankly, it gets easier because this company has worked so much. It, it becomes much easier for it to raise capital in the markets and all of that. So sure. it could become a self-fulfilling prophecy. And I assume a lot of it with AMC is that, you know, poor AMC has just been beat to death with this pandemic. And everybody assumes once the pandemic is over, AMC is going to come roaring back. And, and they're just trying to keep it alive until that happens. That's right. And actually, they very smartly have actually sold because remember companies theoretically have as many shares as they want to they can always go back out into the market and sell just like they buy them back all the time so amc actually probably has is it, i know that they've been doing some selling into the market raising some capital that actually will help them survive so they're actually using this in a way that we think like capital markets should right it should make it easier to raise money companies should be able to survive and that's what's happening I assume you've seen some of the more outlandish stuff that we've had head fund managers on on some of the uh, conventional news channels saying this is an attack on the rich, and, <laughs> and they're foaming at the mouth. And it's honestly, I, I think what they're doing is they're just spurring on more of this because people are looking at this and going, hedge funds kind of do this anyway. What's why can't I do it also? Yeah, so that's what actually is happening is these sort of short squeezes. Um, the, this sort of trading where you can force somebody to become a buyer of a stock, hedge funds have done for years. So it's a little rich to have them complain about it. Two, <laughs> like, like I said, GameStop was so heavily shorted that these guys were just it, it, almost irresponsibly so. If you see a company that over 100% of the available stock to the public has been sold short, that's usually a sign that Everybody stampeded into this thing. They were using it as a hedge against other bets. 
so these guys just very smartly, um, guys from different you know message boards, YouTube channels, came in and said, well, you know what? I think if we all play this game together, we can force uh, the price up, and that that's what happened. And guys, we got people all across political spectrums here uniting in this one this one endeavor. I mean, video games it brings everybody together. One more question, though, John. Uh, we've got an issue with Robinhood halting trades. They've already been sued. Robinhood gets a lot of money from hedge funds, and a lot of people are seeing this as a conflict of interest. And and you know they're not letting their users actively participate in the market while they're helping hedge funds out. Yeah, there needs to be a lot more transparency and explanation around this. So what's very likely happening is Robinhood's hand is being forced not by the hedge funds, but by the clearinghouses. So stocks get traded through a broker, but the broker then uses a behind-the-scenes broker who then uses a big clearinghouse that has a computer that tracks all the stocks everywhere. So when a stock's price shoots up a lot, that clearinghouse starts to force the different brokers to put up more collateral for their trades just in case somebody puts in a big order and doesn't come up with the money, then you need to be able to fulfill those orders, cover that that loss, and the brokerages have to increase the, the collateral they're putting up to the clearinghouse. I think that's what's happening here. I think that's what Robinhood was trying to communicate, but in a very hand-handed way. You're right. They get paid. I mean, you know, it's a thing that we learn over and over again, right? When you're not right. paying for something, you're not really the customer. You're the product. Exactly. And free trades can't really be free. Those things cost money to execute. What's happening, you know, all the technological, you know, equipment needed to do it has to be paid for. So what's happening here is that just like Facebook, they make money by selling your data and they sell it to hedge funds. So that that's that's where the conspiracy theory comes from. I don't know if I buy it, but I don't think they've done a very good job of explaining why they did these moves that hurt the people who think they're the customers of Robinhood. Very good information again. John Carney is the finance and economics editor over at Breitbart News. We appreciate the time this afternoon. Look forward to talking to you again sometime. Thanks for having me. All right, take care. We've got open lines coming up, ladies and gentlemen, 574 25 95 95 3. That is 25 95 95 3. We'll take those phone calls coming up on News Talk 95 3, Michiana's news channel. Hey, good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95 3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. I got to tell you out FanDuel. Now, I know that a lot of you obviously have have uh, started to try FanDuel out. I appreciate that. We get those reports back, and, and it means a lot. And again, we've got the big game coming up on February 7th, right? So this is the 55th edition of the Booper Soul. And FanDuel, because of that, is giving you 55 to 1 odds. So if you are a new user, if you've never tried FanDuel before, but maybe you've been c- considering it, this is the time to do it because you're getting 55 to 1 odds on the Bucks versus the Chiefs, right? So you can pick, basically you put $5 down and you can win $275 if you pick the winner of the game. It's it, that's it. So just you're in the you're in the, the game for 5 bucks. So you got $5, download FanDuel, use my promo code Casey to get started. Again, FanDuel Sportsbook promo code Casey. Put $5 down on the team that you think is going to win 
and you can win $275 if you pick correct. It's it's really that simple. And FanDuel's got a lot of other benefits too. Look, if you're new to sports betting, they've got a whole beginner section, makes it really easy for you. If you are a more advanced user, they've got tons of betting options, player props, futures, really anything that you want, even live betting, odds boosts and specials pretty much on every single game and special event that you have. So again, download FanDuel Sportsbook, use the promo code Casey, C-A-S-E-Y, FanDuel Sportsbook, promo code Casey. Again, this is for 21 and over and present in Indiana. New users only on the motion. Must wager in designated uh, boost market. Also, a deposit is required. And your max bonus is $275. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you have a gambling problem, please get help. Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. All right. We have open lines. And I want to thank the Glass Doctor of Elkhart, St. Joseph County, uh, for sponsoring the phone lines, 574-25-95-95-3. Let's go to the phones. We got Rod. Welcome to the program. Yeah, how you doing? Doing well. What's up? Hey, I just uh, was listening to the beginning of your program talking about the mail-in voting. Mm-hmm. And I've been meaning to get down to the BMV to uh, fill out my real ID. What was it like you right. explained? Why bother? You know? Well, it's... You know, it, this is this is what's so bizarre, and I know that Real ID got delayed because of the pandemic and all of that stuff. But yeah. it's like, you know, we're we're making everything more secure, except for the elections. Yep, that's the only thing that we're making less secure in this country. And there's really only one party that's pushing it on a federal level. So you have to take a step back and ask yourself, why is that? Why? You know, if you're going to be required to have real ID to do basic functions, the argument that, well, uh, poor minorities, which is always a racist lie, by the way, yeah. that poor minorities don't can't get identification. Well, now they are required to get it. Mm-hmm. So, so the idea that they're not going to have identification to be able to prove who they are when they vote is is preposterous with real ID. So I, I don't know, man. It's just one of those things where it's like, will, will this get through? I, I don't know that it will. I'll be perfectly honest with you. There are a couple of Democrats in the Senate that are not insane. And yeah. perhaps, perhaps on some of these issues, you know, they will they will uh, join with Republicans. But at the same time, while there's a couple of not insane Democrats in the Senate, there's some very insane Republicans in the Senate. So yeah. who knows how this thing is going to flip out. But, yeah, the idea that everybody will be automatically registered and then they're automatically going to send a ballot to every registered person because everybody's registered is just absurd and a huge security hole. Yeah. Well, I don't know what to say anymore. I kind of got to stand back and watch. I can't. Nothing much we can do. Look, you know, people ask people ask me for advice all the time. They have yeah. for years. The, the best advice that I could give, which is always ignored, is get involved in your local politics. That well, is I'm not by far you. and away the most important. I hear so. you all the time talking about these people that send you, you know, you did whatever to me and lied to me and all I don't, I don't do that. Yeah, I just listen to you on, on the radio. All right, man. I appreciate it. Thank you much. Thanks, bye. You take care. All right. Uh, what else do we have here? Dennis, welcome to the program. Casey, um, I got a. Before I uh, ask you a question, could you do me a favor? Could you please tell me what the uh, restaurant is that has the best mimosa and Bloody Mary? The best mimosa and Bloody Mary. They they advertise on your uh, your station 
and by the time I know it's that um, restaurant, they never say their name. They go on for 30, 40 seconds, and they never say their name. Best Mimosa and Bloody Mary. Joe, do you have any yeah. idea what commercial he's talking about? Hmm. I don't know. I can tell you my wife's favorite Bloody Mary, I think, is at Heine's in Elkhart. She really enjoyed okay. that. <laughs> but I don't know if that's the commercial you're thinking of, but my wife drinks uh, Bloody Mary's, and she well, loves the one at Heine's. Your, your, your salespeople ought to have them mention her name at the beginning and end. It's yeah, I, I don't know what commercial you're, you're thinking of, so I'll have to take a look for it. Yeah. Okay, right. what's, your, uh, anyway, what's your question? Uh, anyway, my um, I was talking with my son about when the uh, so-called insurrection or riot or whatever you want to call it going into the White mm -hmm. House or the Capitol building. Yeah. He, he says it was a good thing. Um, and the reason he says it was a good thing is because it's about time the politicians realize that they cannot push us too far. I think there's a lot of people that probably agree with him. And here's the issue that I have with that, while I understand the logic. The issue I have with that is that the Capitol Police didn't do anything. Uh, the D.C. police officer that got drugged down the stairs and beaten didn't do anything. And, you know, that's, that's my issue. I have no problem with citizen groups occupying the Capitol in a peaceful fashion. Unfortunately, that descended into non-peaceful fashion. And that's, you know, I have some, some serious questions about the conduct of law enforcement there that day and some of the things that they did. And, you know, unfortunately, there's good and bad on all sides with this whole fiasco that happened on the 6th. Um, the logic that your son is, is bringing up, you know, there's a lot of people who are, who are of that mind. But at the same time, you have to understand that that is now being used to essentially turn D.C. into a place that's, you know, got martial law. They're talking about a permanent wall around the Capitol now. I thought, I thought fences and walls didn't work. But they're talking about that. You had Nancy Pelosi trying to get, you know, machine guns and things of that nature in place yeah. to throw the, you know, it's like, so yeah, theoretically, I kind of, I kind of understand where they're coming from. But at the same time, uh, if that was the goal, it, I think it's failed. Nobody is afraid, you know, nobody is, is changing their tune or, or toning their rhetoric down everybody's ramping it up and just demonizing people on the right. And we know the people on the left participated in what happened on the 6th, too. Uh, oh, agreed, because uh, the media would not support anything that the uh, conservative side uh, or any Trumpers yeah. would ever do. Yeah. Yeah, you know, they it, should it, realize I, there's 75 million plus out here. Here's what I, I think... And I've been saying this, you know, a little bit about the issue with right, white supremacy and that sort of thing is the radical left in this country is a fake it until you make it type group. And so what they're going to do is they're going to lie and pretend that something exists until what they do is they demonize innocent people who have never done anything wrong so much that they actually start to say, fine, I'm going to be this monster that you claim that I am. And so it becomes like this self-fulfilling sort of a prophecy so I think the left wants there to be, you know, Trump supporters being violent. And I think that they want them storming the Capitol. I think that they wanted them to try and assassinate Joe Biden because they want to use it as an excuse to go full force on their oppression, just like the Nazis did with the Weimar Republic. 
So oh. I would be very careful with that that logic. And, and while I appreciate what your son is trying to theorize may happen, I think what he's doing is playing ultimately right into their hands. Well, I, I, I kind of agree, but I don't think that they're going to get um, the Trump supporters to turn into white supremacists because we're not. No, we're just no I, I agree. I agree with you on that. All right, man, I got to roll, but I appreciate the call. Thank you so much. All right. All right. You take care. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, coming up, we're going to talk with Amy Drake from Unmask Tyranny. Give you the latest update on what's happening with the uh, the fight against COVID tyranny here in Michigan. That's next on 95.3 MNC. The restaurant that that caller was thinking about with the the drinks, the Bloody Mary and the, uh, the other one. Was it a mojito? Is that it? It was Uptown Kitchen. That's the place. Uptown Kitchen. Good joint, too, by the way. I uh, should definitely check them out. Good food over there. All right. So now we've got that out of the other uh, way. Uh, sorry, I just I, I don't think that I've heard the uh, the commercials, so I do apologize. But uh, now that everybody corrected me and everybody was able to weigh in, apparently you can actually hear the name of the restaurant in that commercial because a lot of people definitely knew about it. So there's that. All right. So it's uh, Uptown Kitchen for the gentleman who called us earlier. All right. The... Glass Doctor of Elkhart, St. Joseph County, phone line 574-2595-953. We're going to talk to Amy Drake now. Amy with Unmasked Tyranny. How you doing, Amy? It's been a while. It has been a while. I haven't talked to you since November when we were fighting the mask fines in St. Joseph County. Um, but the fight's well, over. We lost. Um, yeah. We delayed those fines. I was going to say we delayed the fines a long, long time from, like, July to November, uh, but eventually they did get through very watered down, and um, individuals were not fined uh, as a result of our work, um, and that was probably the best thing that came out of that. So now we're we're moving on to other issues. Yeah, so um, I assume you're you're dealing with this this uh, this bill was SB seven four. Is that the one that we're talking about? That is that is the bill. It's a bill that would prevent employers from making vaccines a condition of employment. Um, and this bill was really, I mean, it, vaccines were something that I knew were going to come up. And that's why we were fighting masks so hard at the beginning, because we knew that if governments and companies were going to start requiring uh, masks, that eventually it would lead to vaccines. Um, and this, so this bill that's, that's coming uh, would not make um, a company not, they could still say we want you to take the vaccine. It would just allow people to have religious, medical, and conscience exemptions. Um, so right okay. now, this bill is, um, getting held up uh, in the committee because there's a lot of, um, I guess, disagreement between the members on the committee of what should be in there or what shouldn't be in there. Um, so right now the chairman actually doesn't want to bring it up for a vote. Um, so we're really encouraging anybody that cares about this issue to um, contact Mr. Boots, who is the chairman, um, or whoever their uh, local legislators are. Um, my particular senator, Linda Rogers, is on the committee. So a lot of people here in the Granger area have been calling her and asking her to do what she can to get um, that bill um, up for a vote. Um, so so what is what are some of the things that people want in the bill that are not in the bill now or want stripped out of the bill? What Do we have any idea what that debate is all about? Yeah. Um, well, right now the bill says that it, it's for all vaccines. It's not just for the COVID vaccine. So some people want the bill limited to the, the COVID vaccine. Um, some of the members think that there's already federal protections in there. I would argue that those are very weak. Um, we want people protected on the front end. Um, and then some, you know, some want to just keep it as it is. Um, 
So those are, and then we've also got the Chamber of Commerce that doesn't like it because um, somebody could sue, obviously, if, if a company try, would fire them as a result of not taking a vaccination. Well, you know what's what's interesting about this is that in Indiana anyway, you're not supposed to be compelled to get a vaccine, but we know for a fact that it happens, particularly in the medical industry. We've talked about this over the past several years many times. So anybody who talks about, well, there's federal protections on that, they don't really know what they're talking about. But also the protections that are already in place in Indiana don't seem to have enough teeth to really enforce it anyway. They seem malleable. So why wouldn't another piece of legislation, which really just kind of comports with what the state is supposed to stand for anyway, uh, as a, especially as it pertains to the pandemic, why wouldn't that just be a, a natural conclusion to, to jump to? Right. And we already do have something um, that's written for health care workers. And a lot of health care workers don't know that. But there are protections in place for health care workers for religious reasons, even if you say that, that you've been informed about the vaccine and you, you are no longer comfortable taking it, you can actually use that as an exemption um, for medical workers. So this would just kind of expand that for everybody, which I think is really needed right now. Well, if people knew this, and, and again, I'm, I'm not naming names or anything like that. I've already told them, you know, I have so many doctors that I know in this community. And I know a lot of people in the, the medical community here, and they send me messages on the download privately they don't want anybody to know about it because they've seen what's happened to doctors who have challenges openly anyway their careers are jeopardized they're fired their businesses are shut down there is a lot of people in the medical industry who do not want any part of these these vaccines at all this early and there's yeah, polls that have been done that show a large chunk of nurses don't want to do it i've had several doctors tell me that they don't want to do it and part of that fear is that it's new and the side effects right now don't look really great for some and we don't know what the long-term effects are going to be. Well, I know that even with the um, the VAERS database which, where you report adverse um, events from the vaccine, like there, just, just like one that really horrifies me is there's already about three women that have come forth and say that they've lost their pregnancies days after taking the vaccine. Um, pregnancies that were way in, like in the, 20, in the week's 20s or 18 to 20s. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of things we don't know. You know, it was Operation Warp Speed. I mean, I, I give Trump credit for trying to come up with a solution, but, you know, when you're putting something in your body, you want to feel sure and safe that it's been tested. Um, and right now, today, I just heard, too, that there is a law firm, Davis, Wright, and Tremaine, um, that they're saying that they're going to want you to take the vaccine, and you can only come into the office or attend um, firm events if you've taken the vaccine. So, you know, we're going to start seeing this with a lot of employers. Yeah, that's going to be a, a real problem. Plus, they're going to start requiring you to wear four masks now. So there's there's that. Right, right. Uh... <laughs> um, the, the other big thing that we're pushing right now, um, the other uh, bill that I think is really great, um, it's Senate Bill 5, and actually Linda Rogers is a co-sponsor on that. Um, and it would allow somebody to challenge an order, a mandate, a citation, a business closure um, by the health department. And it would go. you would be able to appeal to the county commissioners. Um, I love that bill. I think we need more oversight there. A lot of people have not been happy with the health departments around here. So that's another big focus that we're on right now. Well, and with good reason, too. All right, Amy Drake from Unmasked Tyranny. How can people get a hold of you guys? Unmaskedtyranny.com. If you go there, there you can uh, sign up to be on our email list. All right, appreciate it, Amy. Thank you so much for the time. Okay, thank you. All right, Bye -bye. take care. All right, we got more open lines coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Do want to thank you for tuning in. 
And uh, don't forget the Glass Doctor of Elkhart and St. Joseph County phone line, 574-2595-953. That is 2595-953. And you can also hang out with us on dlive.tv slash Casey the host. Back to the phone lines we go. Scott, welcome to the program. What's going on, man? You got me? Yeah, I got you. What's up? Oh, I just want to talk about Mayor Pete and how he okay. may be the Department of Transportation and right. how comical that actually is. Yeah. I haven't heard you say much about him. Yeah, as I have. Um, and, you know, it was, it was funny because it was <laughs> it's kind of funny that Breitbart on because I – when they had ported that he was uh, up for that nomination on one of their articles, I commented underneath them, like, every single one of us in South Bend are laughing our faces off because there isn't anybody less qualified to be the transportation secretary in a Biden administration than Pete Buttigieg. And, and that's, that, to yeah, me, that's I, what's so funny. I mean, it's just hysterical. Oh, it's hilarious. Before they so, confirm him, every single one of them should have to drive all, the whole day in South Bend. You know, it's and it's just more than just the smart in, streets. Yeah, it, yeah, and that's just it. Like I've had a couple of people go, "Oh, you're just, you know, it's a smart streets thing again." And, and for the record, I, I've told you guys this a million times. You're all mad at smart streets. I'm not. I don't drive it. When I have driven it, it's on an off day. I don't have any major issues with it. The, everybody in the audience is mad at smart streets, not me. But it's, I always get blamed for being the guy. I, I'm just telling everybody what people think. But it's not that. I've it's the flipping it, potholes. It's in the morning. I'm doing yeah. it at three o'clock in the morning, five o'clock in the afternoon. The potholes, the make one green light, the next one's red. I mean, right. it's I, I well, it's, I just blow the blow the red lights. I treat them as four way stop signs, and I've had cops just look at me going, oh, "He's fed <laughs> up too." Well, here's here's the you know the big thing is that I have had the fire department contact me and go this is really messing up our response times i've had police officers hate it you know they view it as a safety issue and and the mayor said point blank it was designed to slow you down so that way you would shop more but you know the shops that used to be there all got run out of business because of the project so i don't know it just doesn't it doesn't make any sense but like i said it's not even just the smart streets or the or the roundabouts which are issues with ice and stuff in the winter but the potholes, multiple years of running out of salt in the middle of the season. It's just, you know, dominoes having to come in and fix things. Basically, an entire chunk of the street in front of uh, in front of ABC 57, which I used to live right by. None of us could drive over there. And anytime we did a report on it, both on this show and ABC 57 did, because it was right outside of their um, their driveway. You know, every time we did a report on it, and we would contact the government about it. They'd be like, oh, it's not on rotation until, you know, next year to get filled. I'm like, the thing is the size of, you know, it's bigger than just a, a VW bug. I mean, there's, it's, this thing's a car and a half size. It's a, it's a lane and a quarter wide. It was a sinkhole. It wasn't a pothole. It was a flipping sinkhole. And they finally were bullied oh, into fixing yeah, it. But look at the effort that had to go into it. I mean, it's just the, it, nobody is less qualified. And then, of course, the train stuff. Like, we can't forget about the train stuff, right? So now he's oh, talking yeah. about the mileage tax, and he's going to focus on climate change and everything else. It's just, yeah, okay. So who do we talk to on that our Senate needs to actually come come look at our town and see how screwed up he made it? 
I'm the only thing you can do is contact the two you contact the two Indiana senators because neither one of them know anything about him either. You know, it's uh, Willarski's probably your best bet. You know, she has contacts at least, and she knows the area, so she knows how bad it is. But it's like, holy smokes! Yeah, it's I, mean, that, I, I me and my I, wife yeah. used to go out to eat at least once a weekend in downtown yeah, real, real LaSalle Grill used to be our go-to. I haven't yeah. been there in years because I, know. I, I, I hear downtown. you, man. You're not alone. You're not alone. Hey, appreciate the call, man. Take care. Have a good weekend. Got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel.